Welcome to Scary Savannah and Beyond. This is going to be episode number 53. Did you learn how to say it in any other languages yet? Come on, Crystal. That's so last year. We're I mean, moved last on. month. We've moved on. We're in our second year of <laughs> podcasting. I think these childish games that you want to keep sticking to just need to go away. You're just mad because I got to it before you I said it. I think we should be more serious. I think that if anything, we should address all of the episodes in Roman numerals. Like I got tattooed on my ribs? You did. I did. You got them tattooed on there and almost screwed them up for you two or three times. <laughs> it's fabulous the way we did it. The guy that did uh, new tattoos for us is one of my friends, and uh, she wanted to have birthdays in the form of Roman numerals. Birth years. Birth years. And birth he's days, over here whatever. trying to put uh, letters that aren't actually Roman numerals well, on she, it. What she did is she walked down to my office while I was working, and she gave me a piece of notebook paper and a pen and said, here, put this on my side and draw all these numbers. Just to see the sizing. And my handwriting is terrible to yeah, start I think you tried with. to put a Y on there. No, or it was it an was, X. but It was it, correct. It just didn't look like it. And then nobody can read my writing, well, you especially also, when you're writing on human flesh at an angle. You also put part of Kylie's birth year into Ethan's birth year. Well, I'm not a tattoo artist. It should be 78, Oh, allow me to be involved in anything that is permanent <laughs> in any fashion. But alas, here we are. And then you were trying to make 1978 and it's like, do you know how long that would be? It would go like all the way around my whole body, I think. <laughs> That would be sort of cool. 1978, really. 1979. Around your body. <laughs> so, Crystal, how have you been on this fine week? I'm great. Work's been slow since it's the off season. I had time to go Sleep. down some, yeah, <laughs> go down some rabbit holes because I'm up so late going down rabbit holes. And we watched the Georgia Bulldogs win again this weekend. Go, dogs. As usual. And we saw Alabama lose. Always go dogs. a good day. Sorry to our Alabama fans. Yeah, sorry, but not sorry. And I watched the Phillies lose the World Series. So all in all, that was a good week. But you had to pull for the Houston Astros uh, for it to happen. So yeah, that was unfortunate. It wasn't exactly a win-win situation. It's not, but I just didn't want to see the Phillies win. No offense, Philadelphia. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Except, the TV show's hilarious. Except so. uh, that day. <laughs> And we didn't win the $2 billion Powerball, but or I did win. did we? I won $4. We did win the $2 billion Powerball. We just didn't win the grand prize. <laughs> so maybe I can afford a coffee Coke or a Red Bull, at least. I Only one, because you can't afford both for $4. They're getting kind of expensive nowadays. Yeah, Kroger, um, just the coffee Coke was two ninety nine. That is insane. For one can of Coke. I just Coke. can't even fathom Isn't that. that crazy? I'm just going to continue to eat my Halloween candy corn that's left over until it's all gone. And then I'll deal with the repercussions of your Coke needs after that. Yeah, I made the mistake of going in Kroger the other day. I don't usually go in grocery stores, as you know. And I went in. I only needed sparkling waters and celery. That should be easy, right? I would think. I couldn't find anything in that store. You can't find celery. I did find celery at an exorbitant price. Wow. Celery. But I was looking for, you know, I like to eat the Atkins cookies. So I was looking for like an aisle with Slim Fast type stuff, you know, diet food. Yes. Never found it. I'll probably walk through that store for 20 minutes and looking for that aisle doesn't exist. If anybody well, goes to Kroger and knows what aisle to find Slim Fast. That aisle is actually Atkins. encrypted. <laughs> there are rumors of its existence. There are people that have claimed to have been in this aisle. However... No one's actually taken a picture of it. Yeah, I've never seen a picture. 
and it gave me extreme anxiety. So I won't be going back into the store for a just while. Just forget this. Yeah. So then I just ordered I'm them. I just won't even get celery. I ordered them on Amazon. <laughs> I ordered some celery on Amazon. No. You can, though, probably. I would be surprised if you couldn't. Mm. So what are we talking about this week? Well, I've been putting this one off for a while because this is one of the subjects I find extremely fascinating, and I wanted to do it justice, plus also it terrifies me. We're going to delve into this subject today. It's one of the most horrifying things, and although I've never encountered one of these things, I'm still scared to death that it's going to show up at our house. A ghost blimp? No, but a close second. What we're going to be talking about tonight is the urban legend known as the Black-Eyed Children. Nice touch. I thought you would like that. The tales of the Black-Eyed Children are one of the most famous, or as the Three Amigos might say, infamous (laughs) urban legends out there and have spawned countless articles, YouTube videos, creepypasta stories, and even movies. And I think we can both agree anything involving scary children is enough to instill nightmares into any normal human being. You know how I feel about ghost children. I do, but this is actually not a ghost story. These creatures, because I don't even really want to call them children, even though they present that way, have been reported by many witnesses And the only thing ghostly about them are their solid black eyes. Here's an artist's interpretation of what one may look like. Kind of reminds me of the demons on Supernatural. Exactly. But somehow much more terrifying. It's always scarier when it's in kid form for some reason. Doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. It don't even have to be a scary thing. Yeah. Just seeing a small child. Layla's scared of small children. Well, I am too. <laughs> Especially, we used to help in a nursery, and one time these kids, they did drawings and stuff when we were doing this. Small children, maybe four five or years five old. years old. And he came up and he said, I made this, and it was a, a drawing, and it says, I can color my hat red, but it actually said, I can color my hatred. <laughs> you still talk about that, and that kid's probably 20 years old now. <laughs> it's hilarious. And it was terrifying because I think it was the kid that was always accidentally having accidents, if you remember. Like there was a big hole that was dug up outside yeah. the building one time and he would like go towards it. Like, like he's going to fall in it and like you have to he save him. Yeah. Towards it. yeah, he was a little rascal. I wonder if he's coloring his hat red today. <laughs> These children have been described as typically between the ages of 6 to 16, so small children to young adult-ish. With very pale, almost white skin, not all of them, but that's a recurring theme, and always black, soulless eyes, which is sort of how our son Ethan would describe our dogs. (laughs) Says, remember, he said they have black, soulless eyes. (laughs) You can encounter these creatures in various ways, as they've been known to hitchhike, come up to your car begging for some form of help, And they've even been known to knock on people's doors. They are usually wearing strange clothing, possibly from a bygone era or something that just doesn't seem right for whatever situation you might be in. The one thing, other than the black eyes, of course, that all of the stories seem to share in common is the sudden 
onslaught of an overwhelming fear, terror even, that comes with their presence. Wouldn't it be freaky if one of these just showed up outside the glass door while I'm beating you at a board game? Oh, no. Now I'm going to be thinking about that every single time we play. And I'm usually just focused on how to lose in the most dramatic way possible. Especially tonight. It's all rainy and stormy. The hurricanes were floating over here. But now I'm going to be even more distracted when we're over there playing the game. Although I did beat you last night. Let's not go there. But if they do show up, we should just let them in and see if uh, they can beat us both, maybe. Yeah, you're demented. (laughs) So anyhow, let's cover some history about where these stories started, shall we? So here's a story that I found of what is widely considered to be the first recorded encounter with BEKs, which is the acronym people use to talk about black-eyed kids. Or they can refer to them as black-eyed children. But BEKs, we'll just say, if we say that... It's like UFO. That's what it means. Like most of these legends, finding the real start date can be a little difficult to do. There are claims that sightings date back to the 1950s. However, it seems the first real substantial claims that I found actually go back to the 1990s. And this is, when I say the first, I'm talking about the first really widespread because yeah, I because I it's the dawn of the internet sp- yeah, and that's, that's when, when it spread and other people started coming out with their stories because I believe Crystal's going to have a, a segment about another story that does predate this mm-hmm. but it's one of the older stories and this one sort of ballooned Made because of the information age so a reporter in Texas Brian Bethel who at the time was writing for the Abilene Reporter News published an article on April 13th 2013. His initial encounter happened in Abilene, Texas in 1996, and he talks about that encounter in this article. He didn't remember the exact date of when his encounter happened, but oddly enough, he did remember that at the time he was wearing shorts, so maybe it was around springtime or summertime. Don't know for sure. He later said that he regretted not recording the actual date. So let me set the scene for you. He had driven to Camelot Communications, a local internet provider, to pay his internet bill. Get that dial up going. Because apparently, back in the day, you had to go to these places and pay them instead of doing it over the interwebs. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you paid most of the bills our entire relationship, so I haven't really had to deal with that. I didn't have to go when we were together, but I remember going with my grandma down to pay like the water bill and stuff like that. Power bill. Some people would do it mm-hmm. that way, too. Like They'd go to like one of the department stores, have like a drop box or yeah. something that you'd drop it off of. It must have been nighttime when this happened to him. As he said, he was using the light from a nearby theater marquee to write his check by, which was right near the Camelot place that he was to drop his check off after hours. He was going to drop his payment into the drop box, so he was there by himself. No one was there working at the place, so I'm assuming it's an empty parking lot at the time. He claims he didn't hear or notice the BEK approach him due to being involved in writing that good old check. (laughs) He heard a knock on his driver's side window and was shocked to see two young boys. He placed their ages at around 9 to 12 years old. They were both wearing hoodies. 
And a lot of uh, descriptions I've heard of them wearing hoodies, I guess that's so they can hide their faces Be more easily. dramatic when the yeah. eyes are revealed, I guess. Yeah. He described one of the boys to have olive skin and curly hair. The other was red-haired, pale-skinned, and covered in freckles. He said he cracked his window and expected them to ask him for some money, which happens to me all the time in Savannah. At this moment, he says he was overcome by an overwhelming sense of fear and almost unnatural terror. I feel that way every time I encounter a child, so. Makes sense. (laughs) Checks out. Yeah. The olive-skinned boy seemed to be the leader of the group and was the one to speak first. So Brian said that caused him to think of him as the spokesman of the group. The boy said that they needed a ride as they had come to see the movie Mortal Kombat, but they had left their money at their mother's house. This didn't seem like an unreasonable request, but Brian said that that sense of fear and dread continued to ramp up. The kids weren't giving any obvious reason for his irrational fear, but he was experiencing it nevertheless. He said that they continued talking, and as he did, he looked at the movie marquee and then back to the digital clock in his car. The last showing of the movie for the night had already begun, and he reckoned that even if he were willing to give the boys a ride to get the money and come back, By the time they had done so, the movie would practically be over. The spokesman kept urging him for help. He assured him of many things, including it wouldn't take long, they were just two little kids, and they didn't have a gun or anything. He says the last bit that the kid said sort of freaked him out a little bit more. He then noticed that, without him meaning to, his hand had seemed to drift towards the lock on his car door. And does that constantly. <laughs> I think it was drifting as if he was going to unlock it, ah. is what this means. He came to his senses and snatched it back. In doing so, he broke his gaze with the spokesman and felt something had changed in his demeanor. Then he says that he was completely consumed by terror. It was then he realized that both boys had what he called, and this is the scientific term, coal black eyes. Mm. He then began fumbling with excuses and apologies as to why he couldn't possibly give the boys a ride, and his only thought was of getting away from them and as fast as possible, which is what I think about children in any situation. Exactly. Uh, um, they say it's not just like the pupil and the iris, it's the entire eye is It's just solid black. Yeah, yeah. Where there's no white. Like the pictures we're showing. Artist's interpretation, of course. Yeah, but for those of you who are not on YouTube. You should be. Go <laughs> you on YouTube, be. watch but the video. the whites of the eyes are also black, so that's what's really creepy. He says he then wrapped his hand around the gear shift, put the car into reverse, and began to roll up the cracked window. As he did so... He said he continued apologizing because he felt bad about it because, you know, he's freaked out. The kids might be wearing contacts. You don't know. This is the 90s. Mm-hmm. Emo things weren't, they were just blossoming. You know, mm-hmm. maybe it was Marilyn Manson. Maybe. Who knows? Then the scariest part of the exchange happened. 
As he started to pull away, the spokesman banged on the window desperately and started screaming at him in rage. We can't come in unless you tell us it's okay. Let us in. So that's terrifying. Yeah, first would of be all. out of there quick, fast, and in a hurry. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. <laughs> so he pulled away as quickly as humanly possible. He looked back in the rearview mirror and saw that both of the boys were now gone. Maybe they snuck into the movie. Maybe they snuck in his trunk. Who oh. knows? <laughs> he says in this article, the reason that he wrote it was because his initial report was shared in a small email list with friends as sort of a cathartic exercise to get this experience out of his system and to sort of cope with it and deal with it. And as things do, it got out and blew up all over the new internet. Because this is around the time it really started to explode. It got to the point that he was contacted by Monsters and Mysteries in America asking if they could interview him. And one of the conditions of doing this interview, and this was not from the show, but from the paper he worked for, said that he could go make a fool of himself if he wanted to, but he'd have to tell his story in the paper as well. And so he did in that article that I referred to. The one thing that Brian was sure of, it's that if he had given those kids that ride, that he wouldn't be here today. This was the first widely publicized account of an encounter with BEKs, although there are many other accounts that do predate this and come after it, but this is probably the most famous one of all of them. Yeah, I think it got it all started. And as I said, this is not the only sighting. There are others. There's an account that was found on Reddit from a self-proclaimed domestic engineer in North Texas. And I think that means homemaker. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, that is the technical term now, right? Domestic engineer. Her encounter came on Halloween night, which I guess is kind of appropriate. She says she doesn't believe in the paranormal or ghosts or anything like that. But the experience she had did make her start to question that unbelief. She was at home for trick-or-treat on that Halloween night, and it sounds like it was sort of a slow night, which she said in and of itself was kind of strange for their neighborhood. She said that her place is sort of like the place we used to go in our old hometown with our kids. You remember Jackson Park? I do. I forgot about that until you brought that up. That's the place where all the people go because it's the rich neighborhood and they had all the good candy. So you'd drive there and people get out of the car and walk Mm -hmm. around and maybe the car would troll behind them. But you'd take your kids there and drop them off. Well, the neighborhood this lady lives in is very similar to that. The kind of neighborhood where a lot of people outside of the neighborhood truck into, drop the kids off, let them go trick or treat. She states that only around eight to ten groups of kids came by that day and it was already starting to get late around 930 And she is in her family room with her husband watching ghost stories of all things. You know, Halloween kind of TV watching. To make it even stranger, the show was supposed to be about actual ghost events. One of those kind of shows. No one had come by for at least an hour and a half. So they went ahead and closed up shop for the night and turned off their porch light and let their dog out of her crate because they had... A dog that would 
possibly scare children. And so they kept him locked away like we might do with coffee bean. But you do see I can include a story where a dog doesn't get hurt. Because I know how upset you were about the previous cryptids episode I did where dogs got hurt more than one story. Yeah, I don't appreciate this that. This dog is fine. Okay. At least he was. She. It. I don't <laughs> know. Whatever it is. You said so her. She says at around 10, her husband went upstairs to take a shower to get ready for work the following day. The lady sat and continued to watch TV with her dog. Shortly after she heard the water being turned on upstairs, she had a knock, knock, knock on her door. And I must remind you that it's late. Her porch light has been off for at least half an hour. So at that point, she said that she started to feel a sense of dread coming upon her, which, you know, you might be, okay, our light's off, people are knocking, it's late, don't know what might be going on. But you could probably guess where this is going. At this point, it seems her faithful canine friend has vanished. <laughs> Usually the dogs, like the way our dog is, they will go investigate at the first semblance of somebody knocking on a door. Yeah. And if they knock on the door, they're losing it. Oh, yeah. Because that's how they go. Apparently that's usually how this dog was. This dog vanished from the face of the earth. I guess maybe it realized something was off with the situation. So she goes to look for her dog first before she goes to the door and finds that the dog is cowering at the back door. She yells for her husband, but he doesn't respond. As you know, he's in the shower and he can't hear her. She says at that moment, a car comes down the street and it's situated in such a way that the headlights from the car are shining across the porch and into I guess her family room, so that she can see the silhouette of two small children standing on her doorstep. She immediately feels relief because, good, it's just kids and it's Halloween. So she opens the door slightly, but not too much so that her dog couldn't escape because she's worried the dog might run out at them. The kids weren't dressed in costumes, however, and they didn't greet her with the customary trick-or-treat. There was a boy and a girl, and she says that she thinks they look like they would probably be around nine years old. The girl speaks up politely and says, Ma'am, can we please come inside and use your phone to call our mom? Pretty good nine-year-old that girl. That was, actually. In a very terrifying kind of way. <laughs> At this point, she begins to feel like something is off and very wrong. Her first thought was, why doesn't either of these children have a cell phone? So she asked a child, why don't you have a cell phone? So the kids take a moment, look at each other, don't say a word to each other. Then the girl turns back to the woman and says, ma'am, my cell phone battery doesn't have a charge left in it. Can we please come inside and call our mother? We're alone out here and my brother is scared. The lady is then conflicted. Her motherly instinct is kicking in and wanting to help the children because she does have children of her own, at least a child that I know of from the story. But then the sense of fear gnawing away at her starts to increase and make her feel like something's not right. She then offers to call the children's mother herself and asks for the child's mother's phone number. They pause 
Then the girl switches tactics and says that her brother needs to use the bathroom and wants them to be able to come inside while the lady calls their mother. At this point, the girl moves up like she's just going to try to push in through the door, like she just assumes she's coming Mm. in. When she does that, she's caught by the light from inside the house that catches her face. And it's at that moment that the woman notices it. The girl has solid black eyes. The door slams in my world. I go get the shotgun. Don't even own a shotgun. (laughs) I'm going to go find one. At that point, all sympathy is gone and she's overcome with terror, the likes of which she claims she's never felt in her entire life. She then pushes the door closed except for a small crack so that only her face is exposed. The girl then pleads, Please, ma'am, we're really scared and alone out here. We have to come inside. Please help us. And then they both immediately, on cue, start to cry. Of course. Because, you know, feelings and emotions, I guess. (laughs) She then shut and locked her door and screams through it that she still offers to call their mother, but lets them know she's not letting them come into her house. She then decides to call her neighbor across the street. She went to get her phone off the couch and sees that her dog is no longer by the back door either. He's still gone. She's still gone. Dog vanished. As she looks for her friend's contact information, she could see through the door pane that the kids were walking away back towards the street. She stops messing with her phone and walks to the door pane and sees that the kids are under the street light at the end of her driveway and standing there staring at her. She then begins to make the call to the neighbor and then the kids start to walk away down the street and with that they were gone. So possibly these were just kids playing a Halloween prank Or could it have been something more sinister? I just want to know what happened to the dog. I thought that you might. She says they actually later found the dog hiding under the bed in their guest room. Great. Perfect. The dog's fine. That's all that matters to me. Just like in any movie or novel. What if these children were just children that really needed help, though? Maybe she With solid black eyes. Maybe her imagination was running wild, and well, she they just had say, dark eyes. She did say that she it could have been kids playing a prank. Yeah, but she don't know. Would you take that chance? Would you let kids in? Absolutely not. You wouldn't let them in if they weren't trying to play. A I don't prank. let children in at all. I no, barely let our kids in. Barely let our kids come home. I got four kids of my own. I don't want in here. <laughs> exactly. So that's pretty scary so far, but I found a story that's even more sinister. Tell them Marge Marge sent you. This time, the kids get into the house. Dum, dum, dum. One cold, snowy night in Vermont, a couple was awakened at 2 a.m. to three loud knocks on their front door. Okay, I'm already out. They made their way downstairs, and the woman looked out and saw two small children, a boy and a girl, standing outside the door. Despite the weather, they were not wearing coats. She opened the door, and the children asked if they could come in because they were cold. The woman's motherly instinct kicked in, and she invited them in to warm up. What is this, like an artist's interpretation of these two terrifying children? Yes, isn't that freaky? They think they looked like that? Well, they were looking down at the time. 
oh, wow, there's got to be some flamethrowers involved in this story because these kids aren't getting on my porch. She led them into the kitchen and began to make hot cocoa for them. The couple had four cats who were usually very friendly, but all of them made themselves scarce while the visitors were there. These stories sound very similar, don't they? Except that they let them in. The woman asked the children where their parents were. The girl said, they'll be here soon. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Up to this point, the children had been looking down, not looking directly up at her. But now they looked up at the woman and she was taken aback by their solid black eyes. Get thee behind me, (laughs) Satan. (laughs) Before she could make sense of her thoughts, her husband, who was sitting at the table, began to have a nosebleed. The children asked if they could use the bathroom and made their way down the hallway as she got some tissue for her husband. At the same time, the power went off. Most kids would be freaked out if the lights suddenly went out and they were in a strange place, but not these two. Mm. The woman went to check on them and found them just standing at the end of the hallway, not moving, just staring at her. The girl said, our parents are here. Oh, no. The two kids made their way past the couple and walked out the front door. The woman looked out and saw two men dressed in black suits next to a black sedan. Now, I have to ask you, is big government involved in these PE case? You know, I could tell you my opinion on this matter, (laughs) but at the same time, I'm not going to because I feel like I would betray the trust of all the people who want to know the truth. Fair enough. The woman waved to the men, but they just stared at her before getting into the car with the children and driving away. (laughs) I sort of see that. (laughs) Like, they're staring at them when the car's facing and the car backs up and their heads keep staring at them when it turns around and drives away and their head turns all the way around. (laughs) In the following days, her husband continues to have random nosebleeds, which he had never had before. He went to the doctor and was diagnosed with a rare form of inoperable cancer. Well, that's bad. It's the kind that usually you get from being exposed to too much tanning bed exposure, like being in like a tanning Like a radiation bed. kind of thing? Yes, and he didn't use tanning beds. Oh. So it's like he was exposed to a huge amount of radiation for some reason. They're aliens. The wife also had nosebleeds and other medical issues that were so severe she refused to disclose them. Hmm. Also, three of the four cats went missing, and the fourth one they found dead in a pool of blood. Well, your story's way darker than mine Well, that's because they let them in. Don't let them in. Yes, so never answer your door. In general, that's my rule. I just hide and let the dog scare off whoever is out there. Even if I'm expecting someone, I don't open the door. That Instacart's going to deliver itself and get out of here. Exactly. Don't knock on the door. You make the dogs mad. You see this picture? This is supposedly real. This is someone's... Door camera. Really? Really. I don't believe that. That's what they're claiming. If that thing's it's not standing this, outside our door, I swear I will cry. This is not the couple that I just talked about, but this is someone's actual doorbell camera. That could have been a prank, though. That could have been. Exa- or yeah. it could have been a doctored picture. It can be, but I'm just saying they're saying this is a what a black-eyed kid looked like that showed up at their door, and that would be so scary. Doesn't the face sort of look like an alien's it face does. in a little bit? A little way. It does. Might be the fish eye effect, but that's eh, creepy. This couple is not the only report of someone letting the kids into their home. An account on hauntediary.com describes an encounter by a person who says they were home alone when they heard a knock on their door. It wasn't very late, so that it didn't alarm them. 
When they answered the door, they found two kids. They always come in twos. Yeah. One of them needed to use the phone and the other one needed to use the bathroom. They always want the phone. They always want the bathroom. Not thinking much of it, the person let the kids into their home. One kid headed up the stairs to the bathroom while the other headed for the phone like they knew where they were. Hmm. Neither of them had been making eye contact at this point. The homeowner asked the kid who was using the phone what they were doing out there, assuming they were lost because this person lived in a remote area. Mm -hmm. The kid looks up and reveals his black eyes and says, we are here to collect you. Okay. (laughs) You're out. (laughs) Well, this person freaked out and ran out the back door to a friend's house. That's exactly what I would be doing. I would still be running to this day. (laughs) They waited a while before returning and luckily the kids were gone. Ever since, this person continues to have nightmares with these two kids standing over them with their black eyes and outstretched hands. But why, though, if they were there to collect them? Well, she ran away. Well, she had to come back home. I said when she came back, they were gone. Yeah, but obviously they didn't want her that bad. I guess not. This seems to be a common thread among most encounters. People usually feel extreme terror and often experience ongoing nightmares. Again, I say, never open your door. You should make a shirt with that on it. One of these creepy pictures of the black eyed kids and say and never open your door. This is good advice to not just BEKs, but also vampires can't come in your house unless you invite them mm-hmm. and sheriff's deputies. <laughs> Don't ask me how I know. Although first popularized in the late 90s with the internet, like we talked about, yeah. a much earlier account of BEKs dates back to the 1950s. A 16-year-old boy named Harold was walking down a rural road on his way home when he came upon a younger boy. He waved at the boy and said hello, but the boy didn't respond. As Harold continued on his way, the boy looked at him, revealing solid black eyes, and said, I want to go to your house. You're going to walk me to your house. I should put that effect on your voice that makes you sound like a monster. Oh, you should. (laughs) A feeling of terror came over Harold that nearly paralyzed him. He just felt like something wasn't right. He began to walk a little faster, and the boy said, Don't you run away from me. You are going to take me to your house. Harold fought off the fear and took (laughs) off running to his house. As he ran, he said the boy let out a bobcat-like scream. That's scary. That's very bobcat-ish. That was so scary. Not gold weight. When he got home, he told his family, and surprisingly, they believed him. His dad grabbed his gun and took off looking for the bobcat little demon boy hybrid and found nothing. Hey, he's a man of principles. His parents believed that he had had an encounter with the devil, and he was sent to a local priest to be blessed. Okay, so they think it was the devil. Mm -hmm. So the dad gets a gun Mm -hmm. to go fight the devil. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> was his only defense? It's the devil. Let me get my twenty-two. <laughs> I'm sorry, point two two caliber rifle. <laughs> I imagine this really was terrifying for someone in the 1950s. It'd be terrifying for me today. Well, today, yeah, we're so used to the idea of scary things. It would still be frightening, but at least you'd be like somewhat familiar with encountering the devil. Jack, I did an episode about you. Are <laughs> right. you here to collect me? Because it's about but dang just time. Think about people from the 1950s. They didn't have all those horror movies and shows that we've seen. They weren't desensitized no. to this craziness that we live in today. So that really probably was quite terrifying for I him and his family. It was, but not nearly so much as it will be for me if I see one. 
you already got me convinced that this house is haunted. Now, if I got black eyed kids showing up on a doorstep, I just don't think I can live in this. I just don't think I can bear no it. We're just going to have to end this podcast mm-hmm. and we're going to have to move to Las Vegas and change it to Brett and Crystal gamble away all their money in a weekend. And <laughs> the podcast the shortest, ends. And the podcast <laughs> is over. He hawked all the gear. I remember when we lived in North Carolina and the kids were younger, you went to take the trash out to the road. And we had been watching shows that talked about things like the Black Eyed Kids and everything. Yes. And you were scared. Like, once you've seen a show like that, you get it in your head and then you see Terrified. things everywhere. You think you're going to see it everywhere. I know I'm going to see it, even <laughs> though I've never seen it. <laughs> so you went and took the trash to the road and it was pretty far from. Yeah, our trash can was a long walk and we didn't have any lights. Yeah, we it was lived really in the, dark. In the woods and there was hardly any street lights. It was really dark. And like, I'm in the living room and I just hear you out in the yard like, ah, and I'm like, what is he doing? And I look out and you're laying on the ground. No, it was more like Homer Simpson. It's like there's a basketball. I went running and I didn't see it. And I stepped on it and it went out from my foot. It's like, no. And you're just laying in the yard. Because I fell down and hurt myself. And, like, and you found it funny. I was like, what are you running from? And you're like, black eyed kids. This is a true story. And I'm like, what? <laughs> not a real person like that's after you and going to murder you. I'm scared <laughs> of people. See, this is the difference between me and others. <laughs> Other people are scared of things that might actually really hurt them. I have zero fear about people. Well, you would if someone actually came up to you and was going to kill they you. they did, I would. But I don't have an irrational fear of that. You just have an irrational like feel, fear of the, the if unknown. If I saw somebody wandering down the street and they look sketchy, it wouldn't scare me. But if I saw a black-eyed kid, then I'm scared. Sightings of the black-eyed kids are not limited to the United States. It seems there was an outbreak of sightings in the United Kingdom in 2014, at least according to their tabloids. Uh With headlines like, The Pub Cursed by Black-Eyed Child Ghost, and Child Ghost Glows in the Dark, and Plague of Black-Eyed Children Ghost. (sighs) My favorite, Black-Eyed Ghost bombed my selfie. (laughs) (laughs) All this seems like legit journalism to me. It's definitely unquestionable. You gotta hate it when you get photobombed, especially by a black-eyed kid. It's just unreasonable, okay, Stephanie? It's just unreasonable. Trying to be an influencer. Come on. Reportedly, a local pub in Canock Chase called The Four Crosses was for sale but could not attract the attention of any buyers because it was haunted by several entities, including a black-eyed ghost child. Well, just throw one of those on there. You know, it goes good. It's just like, you know how you put mayonnaise and ketchup and mustard on a burger. You got to have your ghost, got to have your goblins, got to have your black-eyed kids. The paper told readers that frightened Daily Star readers have called in to say they've also seen these creatures in Liverpool, Scotland, and the Southwest. The Birmingham Mail interviewed an author named Lee Brickley, who is the author of UFOs, werewolves, and the Pigman, exposing England's strangest location, Kennock Chase, Lee Brickley's Paranormal X-Files. That is a mouthful. Can you imagine if he had to talk about his book on like a TV show or somewhere? He's like, what, what book did you write? Well, you know, it's the uh, world famous UFOs, werewolves, and the Pigman, exposing England's strangest location, Kennock Chase, by uh, Lee Brickley, some <laughs> paranormal X-Files and paperback. It sounds interesting, especially this Pigman thing. And it's got actually good reviews on Amazon. I might check it out. Yeah. Anyways, Lee Brickley gave the account of an unnamed woman. This reportedly took place in Kennock Chase, which is in Staffordshire, England. 
The following is a quote. My daughter and I were walking through Birch's Valley when we heard the screams of a young child. We instantly started running towards the noise. We couldn't find the child anywhere and so stopped to catch our breath. That's when I turned round and saw a girl stood behind me, no more than 10 years old, with her hands over her eyes. I asked if she was okay and if she'd been the one screaming. She then put her arms down by her side and opened her eyes, which is when I saw that they were completely black. No iris, no white, nothing. I jumped back and grabbed my daughter. When I looked again, the child was gone. Once again, get thee behind me, (laughs) Satan. After an investigation into this small child wandering around alone, they found nothing. This sounded very much like the story Lee had heard from his own aunt about an encounter she had back in 1982 when she was 18 years old. She had been at a local beauty spot with some friends. Oh, a beauty spot. Well, I actually heard that a beauty spot is not like a beauty salon like you would think. It's that's what just, I pictured. No, it's actually just a beautiful place. Like uh, That's what they call oh, beauty spots in it's England. It's like a scenic overlook. I don't know, I think it's an overlook, but like a nice park or something. Let's go to the beauty spot, you know, the scenic overlook. So while she was walking, she saw a little girl around six to eight years old who was running after her shouting, Mommy, help, Mommy, help. And before she could help the child, it disappeared. That's how they work. A police investigation turned up nothing. Many such sightings were reported in the area through the years, with some believing it was the ghosts of the little girls who had been murdered back in the 1960s by a man named Raymond Morris. Lee Brickley's advice? Of all the paranormal phenomena experienced in Cannock Chase, black-eyed children have to be the most eerie by far. The only advice I could offer anyone who comes across these unhallowed, unrelenting, and unsympathetic strays is start running while you still can. I'm trying to figure out a way to use three words in a row to have you in the front. <laughs> and I believe I did it. After you agree with them, though, don't hang around and find out why they got black eyes. Just get out of there. I didn't even remember them saying that all of the kids had black eyes. Like the little girl running after the woman. Did it say she had black eyes? It didn't say that she did. Well, it just assumed she did. She assumed it, I believe. Because she vanished. Yeah, because she vanished. That so. makes sense to me. So they can't tell if they were murder victim, ghost children, or just black-eyed children. They don't know what they are, but they see them quite frequently in Cannock Chase. Either way, I'm running. Supposedly, there's even drone footage that captured a black-eyed kid in Cannock Chase, and we're going to play it for you now if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not, you can find the link in our show notes so you can go and watch later and decide what you think. You have a lot of faith in my ability to keep the show notes accurate. (laughs) It seems. I put it right here and tell you when to start. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Typing is hard. So this drone footage is freaky if it's authentic. It's in a remote area, so why is there a figure dressed in white slinking around in the woods? Because viral videos exist for a reason. Well, I'm saying if it's real. If it's real, yes. This is an area where numerous sightings of black-eyed kids have been reported for decades, so if it's real, it's really scary. It's just impossible to know these days what's real and what's a hoax, so jury's still out on that. effects from Skywalker Ranch is just looking really good now that everyone's got their hands on them. So what is going on here? Are black-eyed children or BEKs real, or is this just an urban legend? Some theories of what they could be are, one... Hallucinations. Mass hallucinations. Maybe the people encountering these situations are letting their imaginations run wild, especially the ones who have heard about black-eyed kids. Maybe their subconscious is manifesting a fear that isn't really there. It's said that if you know about black-eyed kids, 
you're more likely to encounter them. I actually have heard that. Mm. And while I was sitting there working on this story and I'm the one that came up with the idea to do this story, I'm like, am I calling something into existence? I think you might be. doing this? Did I call a ghost in our house? Because we talk about ghosts because I never sensed or heard anything until we started doing this podcast. And then this this actual studio we're in seems to be the source of where it's all coming yeah, from. Yeah, but they the kids said that happened before this. But it was this room. Yes. So it's the most haunted room in the house. It is. So you're welcome, everyone. Now you're all in danger. Just never answer your doors again. You'll be fine. Another theory is that they are tulpas. Have you ever heard of a tulpa? My first guess ever? is that it's a tulpa. It's either a tulpa or drawn footage. <laughs> Apparently, you don't know what a tulpa is. I have no idea. But it's much like what you were talking about. It's a concept that an object or being is created through spiritual or mental powers. So, in the same vein as the first theory, it could be manifestations of the mind. It's like you think about something and cause it to exist. Ooh, I'm thinking about a winning lottery ticket. Oh, that's probably a better thing to think about. Oh, yes. Another theory is that they are demons or a vampire-like entity. Since it seems a common thread that they can't enter a home or a car without being invited, it's a lot like what we find in the stories about vampires. Maybe they're energy vampires like Colin. Maybe. The, the show we like to watch. And what we do in the shadows. just sucking the life out of people. Maybe. We often imagine demons to have black eyes, so perhaps they are demonically possessed children or the ghosts of children. Or just tulpas, I mean. Another theory is that they could be fairies or fae people. Now, this is one that I don't want to hear about. I've had enough True Blood, okay? I had never heard of fae people until we watched True Blood, and it made me not like them even more. (laughs) Mm. Well, maybe fae people are not what I know of fae people. Probably not. I read an account of a teenage girl in Ireland who felt a presence in the woods and rushed home to find her house empty. Soon, there was a knock, knock, knock at the door. It was a young girl without an Irish accent, and she just didn't feel comfortable letting the girl in despite the girl's pleas. She said she had more like an American accent. Yeah, they the worst. She offered to call someone for her, but she said, that won't work. I need to come in. (laughs) The teenage girl ran to her room and hid in her bed for an hour as the knocking continued. She looked out the window to see the girl standing by the fence, and her eyes looked completely black. (laughs) <laughs> this happened before cell phones, by the way. That's why she They usually help. do. Eventually, the strange girl left, and the teen girl's parents came home. They didn't really believe her. Like, they thought she was just imagining it. Yeah. But she spoke with her grandmother, who was the only one who did believe her about the black eyes. And her grandmother told her that there were two groups of fairies, or fae people, an evil group and a kind group. The evil group is said to collect souls, especially those of children, to serve the fae king. She believes the teenage girl survived being snatched by a fairy. Her grandmother also told her that fairies can't enter a home without being invited, much like the reports of BEKs, and then they also seem to appear to those who think about them, like they're attracted to thoughts, Hmm. much like the BEKs. So everyone stop thinking about this immediately. You're welcome. We should probably just delete this whole thing at this point. I'm giving up on podcasting in general. Her grandmother did advise her that you can protect yourself by salting your windows and saging your house. Well, this will carrying probably, around like a piece of bread with salt on it help in this situation, or is that no, just that's like only a strictly on Halloween night. like a vampire situation? Halloween night only. Okay. 
This will probably keep out any number of things we talk about on this podcast, so we all need to get some salt. Big old container, just like a bot and 50-gallon drums. You're going to need it <laughs> after listening to this episode. You're welcome and or we're sorry. Have you ever heard of Otkin? No. Okay. This is a quote from a book called Your Haunted Lives, The Black-Eyed Kids. The Iroquois Indians believed in a dark power called the Otkin that could take over children and an evil one who would mate with human females to produce black-eyed, chalky-skinned children. These children were killed by the tribe soon after birth and burned to stop them from resurrecting. Children wandering alone in the woods could also be taken over by Otkin and would reemerge with black eyes and pale skin, acting nervously while repeating themselves over and over. Their goal was to destroy the tribe and infect all the people with Otkin. So Otkin's like a virus. Basically. Okay, makes sense. It's a dark power. I'm thinking it's more of a tulpa, but, you know, situations vary. Results vary. Tulpas are popular in Buddhism and Hinduism, I believe. Like, people actually practice this. Really? Yes, they meditate on things. They sit around and try to generate black-eyed children. They say they actually do manifest things, not black-eyed children, but tulpas. Okay. So, a tulpa is much like an imaginary friend, except they say that... You can actually imagine it into real existence. Mm, like the frog boy. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you are the frog boy, Frank. Our next theory, aliens. That's you knew fault. we weren't going to do an episode without bringing up aliens. I know. The BEK may be aliens in disguise as harmless young humans. You're doing a bit of reconnaissance on behalf of their planets. They may be in league with big government, hence the two men in suits and the black sedan. Seems like they should have used those memory erase things like they have in Men in Black, if that's the case. Cheese. Cheese. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mikey makes some thank you second there. picture. Yeah, I haven't seen that in forever. You probably didn't even pay attention the first time. I did like that movie. First one, anyway. You know the guy that played the regular yeah. is the guy in that kingpin? Oh, yeah, I think it is. Vince Dianafarta Farty Yeah, he does I a just, great job. It's crazy. This next theory is that BEKs are children who have murdered their entire families, and that act turns them into black-eyed kids. Oh, no. It sounds like a horror movie plot to me. And it's probably been a horror movie. Probably. The last theory I was going to talk about is that it could just be kids playing pranks. They do make contacts that can turn your entire eye black, but from what I heard, They're actually really expensive and very difficult to put in. So I don't know how many kids can afford solid black contacts. I don't know. But the number could be more than zero. And if that's the case, it could be any number of these people, including the one of the picture of the person staring into the door cam. Yeah, that could be. I might have done that on purpose. So there's no shortage of theories. You forgot about theory number nine. What? Harry Houdini. Oh, yes. We forgot. Harold Houdini. (laughs) He somehow has some involvement in this. I'm dropping the episode numbers in Spanish. I'm going to dropping name dropping Harry Houdini in every episode at some point. So there's no shortage of theories as to what this could actually be. And if you want to go down a rabbit hole, go onto YouTube and look at some videos and then read the user comments. I found uh, just a couple that I thought we would end with. And Brett's going to read them for us. Okay, so this one is, his knees look like biscuits, and he's ready to party. (laughs) I like that name. This already sounds terrifying. (laughs) My experience, 
It was right around Christmas, and my mom and dad were out at an adult-only party, and I was chilling in my basement watching friends and eating pie. (laughs) It was around midnight, and I get up to go get more pie, and I hear a knock on the door, and I go to open it, and there was a kid standing there in a hoodie and long pants. He was wearing sunglasses. I open it and say, yes. I got this weird tingly feeling, like I got trapped in a trance. And then the kid said, help, can I come in? It's sort of a statement question is what I'm saying here. And I said, no. He then said more sternly, please, now. I shook my head no, and he took off the sunglasses, and he had full black eyes. I closed the door locked it, ran back downstairs, and hid for about 5 to 25 minutes. I go back up, and he was gone. That was the night I started believing in the paranormal. I know it sounds like a story, but that is how I write stuff. This was in 2016. Yeah, so he was really freaked out, whether it was real or not. 5 to 25 minutes. (laughs) I like that. It's like... Five minutes, 10 minutes, no, five or 25. We went to Vegas for 30 minutes to six days. Yeah, it's one of those two. I like how he doesn't like try to call anyone or she just like goes and hides out in the basement. I did too. (laughs) That's how I interpret it. The next one is Leaping Link. I had an experience where one actually helped me as a kid. It is a kind of a weird story, but yeah. Maybe black-eyed children are vengeful spirits of children who were hurt, and now they are trying to seek revenge and find other kids? Because I remember falling from a tree I was climbing by myself. It was winter and really cold out. I ended up hurting my ankle, and being this was in a rural part of South Dakota, I was pretty far from the house. I see these two kids come to me and ask me for help, saying that they are lost. I told them how I would help them, but I can't walk. You know, (laughs) the kids were underdressed and their eyes were pitch black. I was scared of them, yet at the same time, I was in no position to shoo them away. The older girl helped me up and I gave the younger girl my jacket. They took me to my house and brought me inside. I remember my mom freaking out, and I told the two kids to go wait in my room. Later on, I went in my room on the second floor. There was no one there, and my mother said I had come home alone with no jacket. A week later, our house ended up having a lot of problems with the heater. When our landlord came to fix it, he found my jacket shoved in part of the heater. Wow, that's crazy if that's true. My jacket. I mean, think about that. You saw two children. They helped you home, and your mom saw you come in by yourself. We're going, I'm just going to go chill with my new black-eyed friends. I know. Like, that's mom, so scary. quit being such a downer. I mean, come on. So scary. The next story is by Lord Forrest. My friends always told me stories of these black-eyed children, and I never believed them. But one day, when I was home alone while my dad was at work, I heard a knock. I went to look through the eye hole 
I guess you would call it, (laughs) and saw a little girl who looked to be 12 and an older boy, 15, I want to say. I answered the door to see them both wearing sunglasses and black hats, what looked like were hiding their faces. I asked them what they wanted, and they said, Water. (laughs) That's how they said it. That's what I picture them (laughs) saying it. I closed and locked the door, went to get water, and brought it to them. When I opened the door again, they looked at me. Both seemed to be missing hats, which I was almost sure they were wearing earlier. I didn't really question it and gave them the water. I then again asked what they wanted, and they both, in unison it seemed like, replied, Help. (laughs) I asked why they needed help, and they inched towards me much in the way I imagine Layla inches towards a plate of food. So I backed away, still guarding the doorway. They said, let us in. I was kind of creeped out, so I told them no. They asked again with a more sturdy tone voice, let us in. I once again said no. So they reached towards their glasses. I remembered what my friends told me and shut the door. I ran into my bathroom, brought a blanket, and hid in the bathtub until my dad got home. I don't know if this was really real or if it was just some kids pranking me, but I still get creeped out when I hear knocks at my door. Yeah, I would too, and I still would stand by my statement, never open your door for anyone. Don't do it. So that was all very enlightening and informative, and I feel we all may be doomed now that we all possess so much knowledge of BEKs. If any of our listeners out there know anything that we didn't cover or have your own BEK stories, please share with us. So that's going to bring us to the part of the show where we... Insert graphic here. Aha, spooky. What What we're we're watching. watching. This week, we continued watching Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix. So we're going to talk about episodes three and four. So season one, episode three is called The Autopsy. A seasoned sheriff investigates a dead body in the woods and calls on an old pal, a medical examiner, to help piece together a series of chilling events. This one was very creepy. People start dying, and this is set in the 1970s, we yeah, think. I think it's what it said. The medical examiner is recording his autopsies, trying to make sense out of what killed these people, and it is actually pretty psychologically scary. Yeah, I thought so. I don't usually find shows genuinely scary, but this one is worth watching. I don't want to talk too much about what happens because you need to find out for yourself. So go check out episode number three. Yeah, Warning, it's, it's kind of disgusting. It's really disgusting, and but you can't really tell people what it is because you ruin it. Yes, but it's disgusting. If you don't like gore, yeah, don't watch don't that Don't watch one. that one. There's a lot of it. But if you like gore, you can close your eyes. I had to literally put my hands over my eyes. Yeah, there was a few scenes I almost turned away I from, too. I could not look, but the story was good. Yeah. So episode four was bonkers. It's called The Outside. And the synopsis is, longing to fit in at work, awkward Stacy begins to use a popular lotion that causes an alarming reaction while an unnerving transformation takes shape. This woman, who is not very attractive or socially accepted at work, is desperate to fit in at all costs. Mm -hmm. 
She seems to be suffering from some mental illness, and the TV starts talking to her, telling her to buy a particular cream that will make her beautiful. She buys a case of it and immediately develops a serious rash. This one had a lot of twists and turns with an unexpected kind of dark ending. I really like this one, and it was twisted and funny at times. It was both. It was probably Crystal's favorite episode of the series, so make sure that you watch this episode because it totally gets in her head <laughs> and it's making me slightly concerned. <laughs> so, Crystal, we've seen these shows. We've known their existence, and we've watched them. All of these things happened, they and did. they're the same thing. They are. So, on a scale of 1 to 12 arbitrarily chosen dog treats, how would you rank these? Number three, I would give it a nine. I thought it was really, really creepy and hard to watch at times. But the story was much better. It had a much better ending than the first two. It did. Yeah, it had a payoff. Yeah. It made sense. Yeah, it made sense. So, yeah, I would recommend that one. And you might want to cover your eyes. The fourth one was probably my favorite, like you said. I definitely recommend it. I give it a 10. It's just one of those dark comedy horror type things that I like. Like black comedy, because it gets pretty dark. Yeah, it was just so, like, you don't know what's going to happen. And we're sitting there like, what is going on here? And there were some parts of it was like, what is this and what is happening? And why? And But the ending was really kind of funny in a bad way. <laughs> I didn't think so. I thought it was horrible. <laughs> well, you know, it was supposed to be bad. All right. Brett, what would you rate this on our arbitrarily chosen scale of 1 to 10 dog treats? You mean or 1, one to, 12. to 12 dog treats. Yeah. Uh, episode 3, I would give a, eh, I mean, I liked it a lot, but I didn't. It was so graphically gruesome and gory. And I guess it's needed for the story. Once you hear it, you'll sort of understand why it is. I'll give it a 9 on that one. Uh, on the... Episode four, I personally would give it maybe an eight. Uh, I didn't particularly love that one. and uh, It was also set at Christmas time, which I enjoyed. Yes. It, the guy on TV that talks to her is funny. He yeah. reminds me of a televangelist yeah, yeah, called yeah. Benny Hinn. Yeah. But I, I don't know why, but it, it was just weird and funny. So check it out. It gets better. My favorite episode is one of the later ones, and it. It's ending makes zero sense whatsoever, but the cinematography is so amazing. It's like one of my favorite looking yeah, shot I things ever. I love the aesthetic of it, but the payoff was not there. But we're not going to get into that because that's for a future yeah. episode. So that's going to bring us to the portion of our show that we call Layla, Layla and, and Coffee, Coffee and Oscar oh, Talk. Oh, you tripped me up. Aha. Uh-huh. So, Crystal, tell them about Oscar. Well, we gave the baby possum a name because we name our vacuum. We named it Vegas as one of those iRobots. And for some reason, the word Reno. <laughs> See, that would make sense. Reno and Vegas are similar in ways, but Oscar and Vegas are not. But for some reason in my mind, I'll be like, I'm going to turn on Oscar hmm. to clean the floor. But I'm like, wait a minute, Vegas. So, like, I like the name Oscar. So, I was like, we're going to call it a possum we'll name Oscar. him. Because you're like, you should name it. So, I was like, okay, I'll name him Oscar. 
Yeah. yeah, and he waddled down the stairs the other day because there was no cat food for him. And Crystal got a picture of him just waddling yeah, down the stairs. Yeah, he's just waddling so cute. Yeah, I'm surprised our cat hasn't killed it. I'm glad that she hasn't. I think he's bigger than the cat, and I think that's the thing. Yeah, he's a bit. He's getting big. He's getting big. He's putting little pounds on. Yeah, he is. He's growing up nice. So speaking of our pets who actually live in the house, <laughs> what did Layla and Coffee do? Well, Coffee had a near-death experience this week, little booger. Oh, no, she did. I bought this uh, bag of unsweetened dark chocolate chips that I like to put in peanut butter as a snack. Which is like supposedly the worst kind of chocolate a dog can eat. Yeah, and so I poured the bag into a little Pyrex bowl with a lid, and I had the lid on it but not fastened down tight. So I set it down, and I went off to do something. I don't know what, and I came back later. And there were literally two little chips left in the entire bowl. She ate like a pound of chocolate. It was like 10 ounces. Yeah. So I'm freaking out. I call the vet and it's 4.30 and there's no vet in the office at that point. It's just the receptionist. So they are like, oh, you should take her to the emergency vet. And I'm like, well, what will they do? They're like, well, they can give her fluids. I'm like. What's that going to do? <laughs> you know, well, know. It's not like I love her like as much as I <laughs> No, Layla, we would have had her flown in a helicopter. to her on a leader jet <laughs> to yeah. England. No, but it's like, and, I, and the thing is, I wasn't even certain that it was coffee and not Layla because it could have been either, but Layla is just. It was coffee. I know, but Layla is just not typical. It's not her typical behavior to get into things that she's not supposed to. So I would have to see evidence that she did, like I'd have to see proof. But I mean, I'm pretty sure it was coffee, but we're like, what if we take her to the vet and it's Layla? So we just decided to watch them very closely for a while. And so she never had any reaction whatsoever. And I'm like on the internet freaking myself out because they're like, oh, you can kill, you know, I'm like sitting here doing conversion measurements to see versus how much she weighs versus how much she ate. I don't know what's happening. And it was a toxic amount for sure. Yeah. Um, Didn't even give her a stomach no, ache. No, no stomach ache. And she acted her normal peppy self. She's perfectly fine. And yeah, it's been over they, a week now. So they have more stomach mess ups from eating a piece of pizza yeah. than they eat from like 500 pounds of chocolate. <laughs> yeah. So, which is supposed to kill them. Yeah. But, so it's been uh, about a week now. So she's still good. So I think we're out of the woods on that. Awesome. Thank you don't you sound like you're so happy about it. I her. love coffee. She's a great dog. <laughs> He's a good girl. So if you want to find us online, go to scarysavannahandbeyond.com. You can find us on all social media platforms looking for the user at Scary Savannah. Please go check out our merchandise store, which you can do by going to the link on our website tab. And you can go see our cool new stuff, including our Slide Rock Bolter shirt and a myriad of other things that we offer on our store. We also have a mailing list, which we're going to be releasing because I'm old, apparently. Updates through mailing. You can sign up for that if you go to our website. It's uh, on the side of the page. I hope page. this is like an email list, right? Not it's like- an email list. We're not mailing it, but I should do that to make you do it. Not mailing list, not, like in the actual not post in that office. manner, but it would be cool. Oh, no. Please also go leave us a five-star review and a rating on your favorite podcast player of choice. Most of them allow this. Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Podchaser, Good Pods, all of those Audible. allow you to do that. Audible. 
go please leave us that. And if you would like to get some stickers, leave us a review, send us a message to the contact page, let us know the review you left, and we'll mail you some free stickers. And so, subscribe on YouTube. And subscribe on our YouTube channel. You can find that by going to youtube.com forward slash scary savannah. And that's got every episode's got a video episode tied to it. So go check that out because we put a lot of graphics and other things on it of what we're talking about. Makes it a little bit more interactive. Well, not every episode. I think we started uh, with the Savannah Haunted Houses. On a lot of the recent episodes, we yeah. started adding those kinds of A long, of long things. time we've been doing it. But our very first ones don't have videos, but that's part of our plan. Better. I've gotten better at editing as time's going on. So I've been able to add more and more. My cameras have crashed on me about 12 times tonight. <laughs> now I'm about ready to cast them into the outer darkness. So saying that... If you would like to buy a crystal of coffee and in doing so, supporting our podcast, you can either click on the little yellow icon on the bottom left-hand corner of your browser, or you can click on the Buy Me a Coffee tab on our page, and it will take you to our actual page. And they've got a new thing now where they've got wish lists, and it's oh. things you can put stuff on there. And if people would like to donate towards certain things, they could. And one of the things I put on there is new cameras before I smash these. So if you'd like to fund her coffee fund or help us with cameras or anything like that, you can do that there. Any little bit is appreciated because it helps to offset the cost in producing this podcast. These cameras are not even very old, though. I want to sell them. I, am, I hate them. But it's, uh, you know, hey, it's what I got. So we're going to use those until hopefully we can upgrade at some point in the near decade. And we appreciate any support people can do, even if it's just donating coffee, because we definitely need that as well. Keep that cup full and keep her hydrated. So that just leaves us with the last 15 words that I would like to hear her say and manufacture into existence this ending. Join us next time in Savannah, where the ghosts and the good times live on. But do you know who don't? Who? I'll tell you who. It's that tulpa that I just conjured up out <laughs> on our front porch with Oscar the Possum. Oh, you would never. If I walk out this door when we're done recording and something's on that porch, this is the last episode we ever do of this show. So if you never hear from us again, it's been fun. <laughs>